Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Every third Saturday, we get to chat with artist Victoria Chick. She is a contemporary figurative artist and early 19th and 20th century print collector who is based in Silver City, New Mexico, and that's in the southwest corner. A beautiful region, well known for art. And in fact, um, it's it's an artist community. There's studio tours, lots of art galleries, and uh, entertainment and a lot of nature out in this region. We've got the Gila Cliff Dwellings National Monument, the Gila Wilderness, the Gila National Forest, all kinds of amazing places. So it's no wonder that Victoria kind of spearheaded this project, not kind of, she did, she spearheaded this. And now she's got all these people working with her to create the Southwest Regional Museum of Art and Art Center. So she comes on our show every third Saturday. We talk about different artists and art, And uh, we always like to catch up on this amazing project of really putting in a fine art gallery and museum and education center in Silver City, New Mexico. And I encourage you to go to that website and see what is going on there. We're going to be covering this next month in depth, but you can go to swrm-art.org and also keep up with Victoria, victoriachick.com. So welcome back, Victoria. How are you? Oh, thank you, Lisa. It's been a great day so far, and I'm glad to be here. And we're going to get, I guess we're going to talk about photography today. Yeah, I love this. Um, we're going to talk about William Henry Jackson. and um, But he, he was more than a photographer. I think he was quite um, industrious, wouldn't you say? Well, I would say that. And, you know, he really, as a young man, he was, he was an artist. Uh, he, did a, he specialized in drawing. And uh, he got into photography in kind of a back backdoor way because photography was going on, but uh, he got a job retouching photographs. You know, they always used to do that to add color because they didn't have color film. Mm-hmm. They would add color with oil paint uh, onto photographs. And so he did some of that uh, when he was a young man. You know, one of the things, uh, you know, let's just say he's, he's, from way back when, very he's famous for being part of uh, Hayden's expedition for Yellowstone and being part yeah. of the movement to help Yellowstone become our very first national park. Um, but we're going back into, well, he was born in 1843, right? Yeah, uh, 18... Eight, yeah. No? Around, yeah, around about there. Right, right. Yeah, he's, um, when I'm looking at one thing that... <laughs> You know how I know, I know we've talked about him before. Yeah, he was born April 4th, 1843 in New York. Yes. And uh, died in 1942. So that, wow, he was almost 100 years old. He was, he, he, he is, his 99 years, he packed a lot into those 99 years. Wow. Imagine <laughs> living that long. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about this topic and, and about cameras, about photography in general. And we are we have all this digital stuff now, uh, where where we we don't have film. He lived through the the film era. He starting with well, he lived through the film era, but before that, he was using metal or glass plates and and traveling around. You mentioned the the expedition. That was what they were using back then. Uh, were were plates and. Um, 
he had to be so well equipped when he when he was on that expedition where we get kind of spoiled we just point and shoot now and and uh why to be able to put it put it on our computer and you know fuss with it some and uh, all of the, the photographs come out looking pretty good when we're done um he dealt with a lot more uh, yeah because even travel it's not like you have um roads that are easy to travel Oh, right. And and you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, get it into my smooth car with shock absorbers. You <laughs> yeah. know, <laughs> you know, they didn't have that. But what I don't if, think his, I don't think his horse drawn wagon or photography studio had shock absorbers. <laughs> no, no. So I mean being able to take this glass and be able to produce it um kind of reminds me of what we were talking about with the Civil War um artists and photographers, what they were yes. going through to capture the battle scenes and the soldiers and um, one thing I just wanted to touch on this because I've been actually using a piece of his art for many years. Um, Nancy and I, as part of our Love Your Parks tour, as you know, uh, traveling the country full time, documenting parks and public lands. One of our projects, like what we talked about in regards to um, public art with you, and we're going to be doing some more of that with you. I'm excited about it. Um, one of the pieces is it's a map. And I love old maps. Nancy and I both have a just a crazy thing about maps, but we document the Pony Express. So whenever yes. we're on like that kind of route, we're trying to do the whole Pony Express because, you know, why not? And <laughs> so in all the articles that we have of the Pony Express, this is the map. I mean, the association, the Pony Express Association uses it. The National Park Service, it's, it is a public domain map to use. It's actually part of the, it's in the Library of Congress. And it's the Pony Express route um, in 1860. And what's so cool is he has the map of it. So he yes. did cartography. The written, like the information about the route, very short about the Pony Express themselves. But then he's got the paintings of scenes of where these riders went through. Yes. I think that's pretty that's, incredible. That the piece me. of work. And that's, that is a kind of coincidence because on my wall, uh, about 10 feet away from where we're sitting right now is, is a map, a Pony Express map. And, um, <laughs> and, and it starts out in St. Joseph, Missouri. Is that Oh, yeah. For yours, yours is anyway. Um, uh, there was a hotel there that put that map they had it painted on their wall, and I don't know who did the painting on the wall, hmm. but Eleanor Roosevelt dedicated it, but way back when, <laughs> and um, it's it's a really neat thing to look at. You know, it's got it's got associations for me being from Missouri, um, mm -hmm. and um, and another association is that I just think that the whole westward expansion was a really interesting time in history. It, it really was. And um, the map, map I'm talking about with his does yeah. the entire route. And we were actually just yes. outside St. Joseph, Missouri. And the weather, when Nancy and I were driving from Wisconsin to Lubbock, Texas, uh, we did part of the Jefferson Highway. You know, we've talked about that on a show uh -huh. with you before. That then the highway, everyone, um, we do a podcast on this every third, excuse me, fourth Thursday. And this is a highway from 1915 that was created um, by the editor of the Better Homes and Garden magazine because he understood the vitality of these small towns, small town America, needing these travelers to come through and for travelers to understand the history and 
you know, all of that good stuff. It's like the, the, it is known as America's first vacation route that goes from Winnipeg, Canada, down to New Orleans, Louisiana. And when you go through these towns, I mean, these are like teeny, teeny towns. In fact, I was just posting on Facebook the other day, um, we went through a town called Stanberry, not Strawberry, but Stanberry in Missouri. And by the way, Missouri, like, I, listen, that state knows public art really, really yes. well. I, I'm just going to say, like, they do. But here's this tiny town, like, of 1,200. They have this giant city park, like, for the size of the town. The town goes around it. But 1,200 people, okay? Yeah. They have this beautiful mural showing the legacy. I know we're going to do this on another show, but this it all ties together about what we're talking about. This, you know, this this little town has been there since the 1800s and got mapped because of the railroad. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been put on a map at that time. And yeah. so they have a beautiful mural of the train coming through. And then they have a caboose in their park next to the swings <laughs> and the old gazebo. So I thought that was cool. But oh, um, we did. Cool. I, I'm just like, and then you go down this road a little bit and there are giant gas pumps from way back when. So anyway, I that's a whole other show. But we did go right by St. Joseph, but the weather turned on us. So there was no point of doing photography and it was darn cold because we had, we just dodged a snowstorm too. But yeah. I think these artists, I mean, I'm going, oh, we dodged a snowstorm, wah, wah, wah for us. But when you think about him, like William Henry Jackson and these artists, these pioneers going out, they're, they're like, and look what he, I mean, he had to have done part of the Pony Express route to do it, to right. just... You know what I mean? Like, you've got to think it's like our U.S. Postal Service through sleet and slow or snow or rain and snow. We're going to still deliver your mail. These artists are like that, right? That kind of tenacity. I think they were they were a special breed. You know, uh, the people that, that were the photographers during the Civil War, uh, certainly William Henry Jackson had the the courage and the, um, the oh, exploratory mind, I think, to throw caution to the wind more or less and, and set out. And yes, sometimes he was with an expedition, but there were a lot of times when he was just out, out wandering around photographing scenes that he thought were worth photographing. Mm. And uh, one of those, uh, he did this, there's a, there's a place called Mountain of the Cross that, had, that was rumored because it wasn't on anybody's direct um, route, trail route. But he, he found it and he, he was the first person to take a photograph of it. So um, he was able to prove that it actually existed. I thought that was kind of neat. And um, we, you know, we have cliff dwellings here, but the largest cliff dwellings I know about are, are in Mesa Verde. And, and he was the first person to photograph those. Wow. And yeah, so he, I mean, he made a reputation for himself as the greatest landscape photographer in America. And that was, mm -hmm. that was even before the turn of the century. So he was, he was way ahead of anybody else that was a photographer at that time. In, I'm looking at some of his work and, and everyone, Victoria's article on this topic and um, uh, William Henry Jackson uh, with images um, is up on blendradioandtv.com, but we link it in the show notes. So no matter where you're listening to this from, just go look in the podcast notes and there'll be a link to Victoria's article, uh, article and also her website. But this one of the Lone Star Geezer in, in Yellowstone, I mean, here these guys get up there and I'm just going here, you know, 
and it blows my mind because he did yellow he did uh, yosemite and the el capitan one it was an 1899 photograph he took yes and i'm looking at that so that's when he started doing the colorization on top of it right or because it looks like a well, painting he, to he me was, he was noted for color um and he was he his the dyes and, and things and for photography were iffy early on. Um, so he did a lot of experimenting with color and um, he's, he found a way to be entrepreneurial and uh, with, with the color because he started making color postcards, which were like a real uh, a real new thing um, in, the, in the late 19th century. So um, he went to, you guys saw, we've talked about the Chicago Exposition or mm -hmm. the Columbian Exhibition before. Uh, that was in the 1890s. And he he went to that and, and um, had his photograph his photographs. They were really well received because it was it was like miraculous to for people to see color colored things in photography at the time. But um, one of the things that he did was um, meet this guy who had, who had actually been one of the organizers of that exhibition in Chicago. And the guy offered to pay all his expenses to travel around the world. And he, he gave him five years to, to do this and take pictures. <laughs> and, and so he did, he, he accepted that offer, but he, he did it in much less time than, than five years. I think he, he was home early. And, and um, when he got back, he, he had all these negatives um, and he was, I believe he was still using plates. I don't think he was using roll film yet, but he took his negatives to this publishing company mm -hmm. and they liked them so much that that he cut, they kind of uh, made some arrangement that he would be part of the company. And so, wow. uh, yeah, so he, so financially, he really made out like a bandit <laughs> from that, that uh, connection. Yeah, because he, 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 was... he, he had he this poster. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because he was involved with a lot of different publications, the Detroit Publishing Company. Yes. Um, and also, he he was in like Harper's Weekly Magazine. I'm looking at all these things he did. Yeah. Um, but he it's sold, like he, he sold his pictures to all kinds of publications. And um, as, as color processing improved from other people, from other people's work, his, his type of color processing became less um uh cutting edge let's just say so after about 30 30 years he um went out of business he went out of that business but by that time i think this is so cool about him he was he was over 70 when he went out of business and this is a time when i mean people retired you know right right but he didn't retire he said he re reinvented all of his uh his himself really and he became a, a commercial artist. He he went around the country lecturing. Um, he wrote, he wrote about photography, and I mean, it, I think that's probably what kept him going till he's till he died at ninety nine. You know, and he painted he was, too. He, was, he did he paintings. Just, he was interested in everything, and he did everything. Yeah, he started painting. I know it was just uh, I, he was an amazing guy. I'm sorry I never knew him. <laughs> I know, me too. Because like, I, to me, I think. We should be hearing, I mean, I know our people know him, but 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it just should, there should be more, but you know, I'm looking at a painting he did of the muddy pond um, in, in Vermont and this, this painting, I mean, he knows lighting, which I know you know from photography. And I think when you're doing, sure. I, I think what's kind of, and I want to know this from your side as an artist, when you're doing black and white, there's a whole other, you know, your exposure becomes a really big deal. Like, are you whiting everything out or are you yeah. making it all too dark? Your right. balance of that, right? And, and understanding lighting is key. But then when he's taking these black and whites and then adding color, he's kind of working both ends, like forward and reverse. Does that, you know what I mean? And so I think when he gets to the painting side, he, he was able to use both those. I don't know if I'm being making sense about this, but well, when you're no, photo, you are. It, it, you are. Yeah, um, he's reversing stuff. He, he had an artist eye. He, he understood how to compose a picture. And um, he had, with his, with his early, early work, he had time to decide exactly the angle that the camera should be should be pointed, you know, he 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 framed he framed his pictures really well, and so it's no wonder to me that he that he became a really good uh, fine artist using using paint at, mm. at, at a later date. Um, yeah, and the lighting in there. That's yes, that's and the lighting. Yes, the, the lighting gets me. And looking at his global pictures. I mean, he went Mexico City, he went to what, China, yeah. India. Again, not easy to photograph all of that and travel with all this gear, you know? Man, it, yeah. it just- Can you imagine packing, packing that stuff around <laughs> was, a, was a chore. Yeah, I mean, I know how musicians feel and I know how we are because we travel full time. It's like, the less you take, the better. And it doesn't really always work that way, but- I wonder if if he ever married. It doesn't. There's nothing. He did. He did marry. He, uh, you know, his wife. I think must have been uh, a, a, a I don't know long suffering, <laughs> but yeah. she was. She's definitely understanding woman. He got married. I think he must have been um, oh in his thirties when he got married, and he and his wife started a photographic studio. And she was. I think possibly he taught her what to do and uh but she was evidently a fast learner because after a short period of time that was when he went on that expedition so he mm. left her to run to run the studio and uh, she 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 was successful at it so um so i think you know she really knew from him what she, what she was doing and she did it well and she mm. was probably a personality that made people want to want to have their picture taken in their studio. They, they, they made another studio later on. Uh, gosh, I think it was, it was after, oh gosh, it was after the Civil War. And um, they opened another studio in, in Omaha, Nebraska, which you, you know, you don't always think of Omaha as being, as being mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the, the bullseye of photography, but it was a, it was a large town. It was a prosperous town. It still is, and uh, the trains went through, and it was convenient for him because he could he could go from the west to the west, all over the west, while she while she operated their studio there, and so he didn't have to be there in the studio all the time. Mm. And, I, and they could just I keep, they could keep creating. 
creating yeah. and developing. I mean, that's like a cottage yeah. industry. You know? and right. Like I look at, there's certain musicians who started doing that. It's like their family went in and said, okay, we can do this, we can do that, and you do that. You know, and it and it divides up like that. It's it's kind right. of yeah. I mean, it's it's a family business when you when you look at it that way. You know, as husband and wife. But I know that Scotts Bluff National Monument. You put that in in the article about yes, part of that monument. One of the wings in in you know, I think it's in the visitor areas, um, dedicated to him. And so he has a the park has sixty of his paintings or something, yes. and that's something we talk about. Um, on our, our shows with the National Parks Arts Foundation, who have the artists in residence, and he would have loved that program. Um, yeah. But a lot of times their art will be accepted into a collection through the National Park Service. And we always try to explain like that is such, um, that's valuable for you as an artist to have that, yeah. right? Is that's That's a career highlight, I would say. Oh yes, yes, yeah. I I I visited Scotts Bluff National Monument uh, uh, before it was oh before there before there was a lot there. Okay, uh, I went I went to that part of Nebraska with my folks, and we 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 drove up to the top of Scotts Bluff, and it was it's quite it's quite interesting because at that portion of Nebraska is not particularly hilly, but there's this you know. This giant bluff, and uh, which seems seems not only mon a monument but monumental mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, after you cross Nebraska. But um, I'm sorry, they didn't have any of his paintings there when I was when I when I visited because mm -hmm. that was a long time ago. It was all like 1960, um, 1962 that I was there then. But um, but I think it's you know the fact that the park service is um, Promoting the art is really valuable to the to visitors because you get a much better understanding of what happened there and what what it what it looked like back when as opposed to what it looked like now. Mm -hmm. um, it's really really a good thing. Mm, that's a that's a good point, and I wonder about what you're doing with the with the work at the museum. The um, does, let me get the, the get everybody know the name, the full name here, the Southwest <laughs> Regional Museum of Art and Art Center in Silver City, what you're doing there. I think we need these real like foundational rocks for art because it's yeah. uh, pres preserving history in that way. Like I think yes. it's just these um, pillars of integrity and for artists to have a place. I mean, artists pass away and, and then what happens, you know, and, and yes, we have Google and everything, but there's something magical to be able to actually go see those paintings yes you know I know what's happened to us doing shows with artists and like going to the places like we've interviewed artists who did a residency in Chaco Canyon yeah. up in northwest New Mexico and then we go to the park and it's kind of a now you have multiple perspectives of the park yes. so yes. now you're not looking just through your own lens which could be limiting right because it's Absolutely, just yeah yeah. But now you're going, now that I've seen all these artists and what they've created with Chaco, I've, I've, you know, there was a side of me that really wanted to take a whole bunch of different photos. I didn't have time. And then there's a side of me going, man, like they were super creative of what they were doing. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, I don't know, it was just such a different experience because it was so fresh and, and 
you know, what we'd experience on shows and, and, you know, producing the magazine work for with their art, that once you're there, I don't know, it's just all these different other layers. And I think that it's, it's something when pe people capture these scenes of places and scenes of people, it, it's a, I don't know, an art, whether it's well, photography, yeah. it just yeah. kind of makes you realize that somebody else is looking and what, are, what, is, what was the artist feeling when they captured that? you know, yeah. and then the process. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's hard, hard to know. Sometimes, you know, they're looking for facts. Sometimes they're, they're trying, they might be trying to interpret uh, what they see. Uh, maybe something strikes them uh, more strongly than another aspect of what they see. So, so every photographer, you know, they can take the same picture, the same location, and mm -hmm. they, the effect is not, not going to be the same in each picture sure. because because of photographers you know have their have their own artistic vision uh, when they take the picture and of well, course the light changes and you know uh, there's so many variables but I, but, but like you were saying when you when you visit something after having seen pictures and having read something about the area uh, that gives you as a as a viewer or a participant in the scene uh, it gives you a whole different perspective. And, um, you know, uh, no matter how good a picture is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a picture. <laughs> and there's a lot that you don't pick up. Like, for you don't, if you're standing there, you can feel the breeze. If you mm -hmm. look at a picture of that, you're not feeling, you, do, you don't have that uh, um, sensation. If you are looking at a picture, Oh, you may not see all the texture, although some photography is really, really good. But you do, unless until you have experienced something like it, it right it doesn't have meaning, a great meaning for you. So um, when you put it all together, um, you get a you get a package <laughs> that's hard to beat. You know, and it's hard too. I mean, we know just from magazine work, right? Yes. Um, from being in print and now digital that like everyone's computer monitors are calibrated differently. So no matter what you do, mm -hmm. once you hand something over or publish it on a website or print it in a document, yep. it's not the same. I, you know, I don't, I, it's a very weird thing to say. And for photography, that's a whole other deal. And, yeah. you know, and, and now we can digitize, digitally fix, you know, if you were somewhere at high noon and the sun was, you know, hello, Take yeah. you're in the middle of Texas and you're photographing at high noon. Well, you're good luck with that. But as I know, most photographers are like, take the damn photo because what happens if you can never go back there? Now we can digitally fix these things. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting what AI is doing with it. That's a whole other show. But, but um, you know, it's interesting what you yeah. yeah what you say is is absolutely true. I when I, when I first got a computer and I was able to look at images and stuff and they were really good, <laughs> and then I had I had to take uh, images of my own, of my own painting. Well, then I would look at them on the screen, and the color was not not what the painting was. You know, it my screen um, didn't have the capability. It seemed like even though how many, I would make adjustments um, digitally, I never. It was really difficult to to nail 
filled the color down exactly. And I, lo I would look at it, I, I would be disappointed to send it to somebody and, and they, would, they, they, would, they would say, oh, this color is just fabulous. And I thought, how can it be fabulous? Um, what because it, maybe their but their screen their is different than <laughs> yeah there's there's their computer is different so their screen is different so wow you can't I mean whatever you do to uh, send send what you think you're sending and or what what you want to send you, you're not really sure if the person receiving it mm. is going to see it in the same way that you you have sent it. It's just one of those, I know that there's things you can do. That's why they get like the actual, the, <clears throat> oh, what's it? The HC number. I'm not going to get it right. There's like codes for the colors and all of that, yeah. but yeah. Pantone does all that as well, but it's still not the same because people yeah. lighten. They, everybody yeah. does something different with their computer, but even printing something changes everything. It's the same thing as you record something yes. musically. And if it's going to be digital, versus vinyl or it they they record in different processes and so somebody could have a pristine recording and you put it in your car like let's say go back to the tape recorder <laughs> yeah. and you have really bad speakers well then it's going to suck you, yes. you know what i mean so it's it's kind of this whole it's a very you know art is fluid that's basically it it's always going to be different than what it is but I wanted to ask you about this because we talked to, you know, we, we do so many artists and musician interviews and writers and a lot of the, the, um, you know, the art, I, when I say artists, I mean, in all genres, right? Yeah. The process is the powerful thing for them. So yeah. going back to someone like William Henry Jackson, here he is lugging this huge gear across whatever on trains, planes, water, all of it. Right. <laughs> I don't know if he, did he have, I don't know about planes, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but he does this whole thing. You climb up that mountain, take a photo of the geezer. Yeah. And now let's see, now maybe he's going to have to camp to get the light right because he doesn't have all the digital stuff we have, but he has this other technology coming later. So his process, I always feel like he, he had a never ending process with what he did. You he know did. what I mean? Be because he's taking the photo. So you get joy, you get joy, you're tired after, because now this is a big deal. Then, okay, we got to process this and then we're going to mess with it with color. I mean, mess with it in a good way. Yeah. Um, and so that's a whole other art form. But as a lot of people I know is like, once they've done the creative process, they're done with it. Like authors, a lot of times they've written the book, then they have to go on the big media tour and mm -hmm. by the time they're doing the media tour, they're already knee deep in some project that they really don't care. I mean, yeah. they I mean, I know they care, obviously, about their work and everything, but they just want to go back to what they're writing right now because that other book has passed. Yeah. And sometimes like people are like, I don't know if I painted that one then or did I write this? And for musicians, a little different because yeah. now you live with the song if you're touring and performing. And sometimes you go, why did I have to write that? Everybody always wants that same song. So the process and the enjoyment and the process to me is very fascinating. Well, yeah, I understand that. Uh, what you what you're talking about. I, I know when when I'm when I'm painting, I'm in I'm into solving problems. I know I, th I think I know sure. what I want. Um, and uh, there are steps I go through, but um, but it, what makes it interesting for me is to solve 
little problems that were, that, that happen in a painting. Uh, what color, you know, if some of it, some of it is is color related, some of it is compositional related, some some things are, yeah, some things have to be redrawn sometimes. And uh, you don't really, you don't plan on a lot of these things. They happen. And you solve them as you're as you're going, and um, I, sometimes it's it's like driving on a cross country trip when you without a map in some ways. You know, you, you this this road looks interesting. Detour. Yeah, Detour. Uh, I think I'll try that. So so their their process is is very uh, important, and when it's when the painting is done or the artwork is done, you know you know when you you. You haven't known how much time it's going to take, or, um, or you haven't haven't thought about you know putting the end at the end, but but you know when when you don't want to work on it anymore that you you just better stop <laughs> because yeah. if you keep keep you keep going you're really going to be sorry. And, yeah, you don't nitpick it. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, so I under, I understand. Um, I understand. I could really relate to that to your comment about the process. Yeah, I think it's it's a, and I and I you think know, for musicians that they have they get to relive it. But that's what I was thinking about him. Like he had multiple processes. Yes, it's like one yes. picture had many journeys. Yes, know? yes, <laughs> with what he was doing, you know, because even just the travel and, I mean, how much research could you even do when you're at the beginning? Yeah, you know. Right, right, and you know when when you when you uh, if you're lucky enough as as an artist or as a photographer or or, uh, or as a musician, you you it's a mission as a musician you might listen to a recording of something you did ten years ago. You might if you're an artist you might you might have a retrospective and you see a bunch of your work over a period of time displayed in one spot. Mm. Or if you're a photographer, it's kind of the same thing. You. You, you a, a bunch of your work is up on a wall from many places that you've been, and you kind of relive what you went through to to reach mm. point, you know, to see everything. And, and it's a lot of times it looks different to you than it did when you finished it, because now you're looking at it under uh, controlled lighting. It's different than it was in your studio, or you're seeing things juxtaposed juxtaposed next to each other that. You hadn't thought of before. Yeah, and I it's different growth stages, so, different yeah. growth stages in your yeah. craft. So it's and very, and interest too, because yeah. maybe you did, like maybe someone was all into this kind of botanical painting of plants yeah. and stuff, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, now I'm into worms and caterpillars <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? So now I'm going to jump over here, and so you see like themes, and and musicians do this where. They get into the concept album mode. Now you very you're very much like that too with with your series. You do like the New Mexico labels with your paintings, these series, and then all of a sudden, right. it's like I'm done with that. Nope, yeah. I'm you know. Well, look at us <laughs> with our magazines. It's like we're we're not done. Like we yeah. can't. It's like there's no ending of new interests right. to experience and. No. So you and don't I'm, want to pigeonhole yourself in the arts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so nice. That is such a nice thing about about creativity is that if you're if you're if you you bring something out, you know, is W R I N G, uh, ring it out. 
Um, uh -huh. You and you move on to something else, and uh, and when you do, a lot of times your your the people who liked what you have done in the past are now disappointed in you because you're letting them down because you're not not doing that theme anymore. You're not you're mm. you've moved on, and and so um, <laughs> artists sometimes yeah. get you know get the opposite of fan mail when that happens. But but and restaurants go through that. You know, yeah. and you got to think the culinary arts are an art form, right? And it's like, no, yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of like, serving this. We're doing this. And it's like, yeah. no, I want my own favorite. Yeah. I want my, you know, pie on the mode. I, why aren't you serving spaghetti carbonara anymore? Because you I'm know, tired I, of cooking it. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. So that's, but I think the creative arts, and that's supposed to, that's an important thing that artists do. And that's, that's why I'm so fascinated about William Henry Jackson is that, I would love to see a retrospective of his work, like yeah. go in yes. and well, see I that. I guess you have to go oh back to Scott's Bluff. <laughs> okay, um, okay, we'll do that. Well, yeah. um, you know what? I'll I'll link it from your article. Uh, travel writer Debbie Stone went to Scott's Bluff and has a whole article on it. Oh, good. Um, so I'll make sure to hyperlink that so people can go see more about that. But yeah, but that's this whole thing about the parks and how it, they merge history and and. Uh, culture and nature together because you yes. the cultures live off of the nature right so it's all that same you know connectivity and so what he did is cool but I think he just kept transforming himself each time like oh we can do this now oh we yep. can do this now you know and that is a secret to it and by doing that and not sticking in this is the, the pigeonhole like most musicians hate don't <laughs> call me just this you know um he he kept moving forward which for the viewer and the audience of the art whatever form it is mm -hmm. it, it makes us grow I think that's a huge part of the importance of the arts is to get people to grow out of their comfort zone yes. whether you like it or not <laughs> which I know <laughs> we've talked about on shows but I just want to you know that that's the truth so when when you're developing this museum uh in Silver City uh, your time, fine art. I know contemporary, all kinds of things, right? In education, do you, do you, does the museum look at? I know we're going to talk about this next show, but I just want to like stick my toe in the water here. Sure. Do you see the ret retrospectives? You know, because we've never actually talked about that. Um, being part of exhibits and things like that, if you if if it comes to yes, be. Uh, well, one, you know, a lot of this is not. It will be up to what the curators feel will be will be great shows. Um, so I'm 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 what I'm saying this is I'm saying one thing that could be done is is you you have a uh, an artist who's been working over quite a period of time, and you know you know, their quality is really good, and you you invite them to have a retrospective where where you can see how they've changed if they've changed, uh, which I pro they probably have and how they've grown and it's not you're not just looking at the work that's that's key to it but there's also a dialogue a written dialogue that that helps you that moves you along through their through their show mm. so that you learn uh verbally and you you learn visually what what their life is has been like as an artist and what's been important to them over the years 
well, good museums are, you know, that's the thing about going to museums. Like, I think it was Georgia O'Keeffe's museum in Santa Fe, Gallery yeah. Museum. And they did that with her art. Like, yeah. you could see, like, she did all these New York skyscraper paintings that I had no idea she did. I didn't, I didn't, you know, that I was just like, oh, she's the flower lady. Yes. And um, then I found out she was, like, all into bones and all, you know. And so you could see these how she grew as an artist and how things changed right and sometimes like in music sometimes i have to say you lose the raw spirit as you progress in your career depending on if you're you go back to that word integrity that i know you love mm -hmm. um an artist can be swayed by oh all the new stuff and start to lose that that raw pururity you know what yeah. i mean um so i think, I think I that's think interesting all us, too all of us lose our way from time to time oh i know we all and have so, god look at right now in the world with so, ai and all of that yeah but but when something's important um in your in your life in your whole life and you 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 and it's it, it has to come out and it, it you art art whatever form it takes will will crop out even if somebody's laid off for a while or not or done work they're really not convinced of because they are they know they know what's important to them they know what when you said integrity they know they have their integrity and they're not going to accept something uh that they might try for a while they're not going to accept that continuing on they will they will look for some way out of it that has more meaning to them Mm. yeah i i think it's it's a process yeah, yeah. because yes. it's like oh yeah i'm gonna try this this sounds like a really cool recipe and then yeah oopsie that <laughs> yeah. didn't quite work oh. but that's that's the process i think that's the thing too is artists always wear their heart on the sleeve yeah. you know but yeah. the process it's like this is it you know um but i'm so glad we talked about him I, i'm too. gonna geek out on him because it's like i i think it's it means a lot more to me than when we I know we talked about him years and years ago and he's been through some of the other conversations and other things we've done like the Pony Express but I don't know the, with us traveling the country this means so much more to me now having yes. been to some of these places and you know that's true your, that. your, your experiences now are so different than you were when you, we first started all these things <laughs> yeah and, you know and and um yeah, I mean that's that's life. And as you, as we as we mature, uh, uh, I don't won't say getting older, but if, as we mature and have more experiences of various kinds, uh, art art means more things to us in different ways. Mm -hmm. and we 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 change just just as the artist does over that's time. Cool. Art rocks, man. That's it. Period. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so everyone, again, Victoria's article is up on, uh, I said blendradioandtv.com earlier. I apologize. It is nationalparktraveling.com that the article is on. Again, but the link is in the show notes. But um, yeah, it ties to all the parks and I'll make sure the Scott's Bluff is all hyper-connected, hyper -connected, hyperlinked okay. and all of that good stuff there. Um, but you can keep up with Victoria again, victoriachick.com. She's here every third Saturday. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. And Victoria will be back on next month in June. 
talking about uh, Southwest. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. We're going to talk about helping to fund um, the Southwest Regional Museum of Art and Art Center uh, and just all kinds of the programs that they're doing and all the amazing work they're doing in Silver City, New Mexico, the next New Mexico major art destination when this all comes together and things are already happening. So that's exciting. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much, Victoria. I had, I had fun. Thank you. And I'll talk to you next month. Yeah.